What would you say if I were to tell you that it was possible for a man to turn into a werewolf? I'd say I was Little Red Riding Order. <laughs> Like scary movies? Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Welcome to Queer for Fear. I am one of your hosts, David. And I'm one of the wine moms of horror, Sean. Did you practice that? I did not. No, that was just spontaneous. I'm trying to. Authentic? Yeah. I mean, I've been in quarantine for like four days, so I haven't even drank anything yet. I just wanted to (laughs) sound like I'm sloshed. Well, it sounded very authentic. We Thank can't lose you. our fan base. We, we can't. No. Think of it with our, you know, three fans that are out there. Think of it as like invisible alcohol. Invisible alcohol. Invisible alcohol. Perfect segue because... Yeah, did you see what it did? Uh, we actually have several episodes in the queue, but since we're together and are some of the only people permitted to see each other during global quarantine, we thought we would do a mini episode today. So we're going to spend... 15 minutes approximately talking about the invisible man the new one the new invisible man the new one not to not the 2001 hollow man ness or that john carpenter movie where chevy chase turned into an invisible spy with sam neill <laughs> or the vincent price one or the abbott and costello meet the invisible man one we're talking about the elizabeth moss she gonna cry for two hours fest <laughs> In the best way. In the best way. Also, if you didn't know this, by the time this probably makes it out to airwaves, it is available to rent on iTunes or any other digital media complex that you like to rent shit from. It'll be on there. So Because the movie gods are sympathetic to our global plight. Yeah. And are releasing movies early, which I could get used to that me too i i don't mind paying more to rent it from the comfort of my own couch so i can stay and totally work out and by workout i mean drink through the eight packs of beer i have here thank you union brewing company in baltimore for supplying today's beverage <laughs> wow i hope they pay us for that mm. <laughs> they will not <laughs> if they don't it's fine the beer is too good um and by sitting there and crying for two hours you mean staring at the amazingness that is elizabeth moss yes. in this movie Yes, I do. So to kick it off, a little bit of backstory about the the movie. Um, originally, it was part of the dark universe that Universal Studios wanted to do. Um, but then when they made The Mummy several years ago with Tom Cruise and that, you know, took a shit all over cinema globally, they decided that maybe... <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> uh, was that too blunt? Uh, nope. Yay to having a female villain. Um I would need an entire episode to trash that movie appropriately, so we're not going to. Uh, once all of that got scrapped, um, because Johnny Depp was originally attached to the project and that all got destroyed, um, they bring in probably one of the most brilliant and underappreciated filmmakers to uh, tackle this over. Um, so, if, you know, from Saw to Dead Silence, which he described as um, the worst cinema thing he's ever done. Um, just with studio pushback and everything, which was also, I believe it was Universal at the time. So funny how now he's with the Bloomhouse Universal yeah. pairing. But um, and, and by he, I mean, you know, Lee. So the, yeah. the glorious director. Um, well, ended up in a good place with this movie. It did. Micro budget, huge, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
just micro budget. It was. It was. A seven, it was a seven million dollar budget for the movie, because um, that's hmm. what Bloomhouse does. In order to be successful, they spend right. very little to yield a lot. And so the whole thing was filmed with a budget of seven million dollars. So for those of you that have seen the movie, I can tell you, you cannot tell. It is fully polished, fully high gloss, like everything down to production design to the score just seems like it costs so much more than that. Um, Should we have this be a spoiler episode? Because I feel like I want it to be just so we can be unrestricted. Warning. All right. Give the spoilers ahead after this point. Grab your wine. Grab your shots. If you want to forget, grab two shots and just brace yourself. If you have not seen it, press pause and come back to us later. It's available to rent. Rent it. And then come back and listen to us talk about it. Yes. So, so many great points in this movie. I think, for me, um, opening with her crisis scene, which, by the way, I'm sure was triggering for so many people because so many of us have some sort of, like, domestic violence, like, issues, especially with queer people, like, whether it was your parents or, like, with with your own self, all of that. So, like, I was already, like, immersed into it for that reason, immediately connecting to it and to her plight. But also um, that uh, the way that they made that home escape scene so um, perilous with it being very chill and calm, I thought was really well done. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think for my starting point, before I, I go back to yours, I just want to say this was a glorious moment to watch you scream in a movie theater. Um, yes. Not at the opening, but later <laughs> on in the movie. I screamed a few times, actually. My little wife, you know, <laughs> here on this podcast, screamed several times. Uh, <laughs> but that was just a treasure to see. But I, I do think it was smart. I think it was a smart way to open where we don't need... We did not need a scene, like, showing the abuse. We did not need a scene, like, segueing to the spontaneous violence that he was capable of or any Mm -hmm. of the manipulative evil that he was capable of. I think jumping us in straight into the fear and the flight and the escape and the intensity of it all with a brilliant score, um, just to add to that, that blended modern with the original um, nods there throughout the whole movie was probably the most brilliant way to tackle it. Yeah. Um, and then it just did not let up from there. Um, especially with, you know, given the guy that plays her abusive partner, boyfriend, invisible man, um, the last role was this very sympathetic turn on The Haunting of Hill House. Um, so you go mm. from him playing one of the twins that has this really emotional storyline to him being this abusive, crazy genius was an awesome bit of casting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it threw you right into the story you knew what you needed you were afraid of what you needed to be it's elizabeth moss doing her late you know 2010 2020 birth of (laughs) being sad depressive and intense for more than two hours at a time although sidebar if you want to see her in an amazing role please see her in us because it's a nice character flip for her um and also (laughs) she reminds me of a lot of myself in that so i just had to plug that yeah um. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, so so after that, you get into her whole, like, phobia and paranoia that he's everywhere, and then they almost jump straight into the gaslighting, and there are so many, um, I guess, like, uh, abuse horror, abuse thriller movies that um, 
use gaslighting as a tool, but the way that they do it in this, I thought was really interesting because um, she like pretty much pretty early into the movie was like, nope, he's there. Like she caught on to it right away. Like she didn't really have much of that in between time where she's like, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I need to get over it. Like she had a little brief period of that, but for the most part, she's like, nope, he's there. You're all wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it, the dialogue choices and like the type of gaslighting and the way that the scenes were constructed and written were very, as somebody who has a background and some of that, like experienced it and lived, it was very triggering because it was very real. Um, like take the invisibleness away a lot of this movie through the gaslighting and through the friend's perception and everything is a very honest depiction of abuse and being trapped in an abusive relationship going off of that though the way that the direction and the set design and the set pieces accent the gaslighting and the you know fear and the the abuse was beyond incredible I, I think he proved with upgrade that he could make stylistic decisions and I think when he made this you know he made me afraid to just be in a room reading a book staring at a wall like I became uncomfortable (laughs) in my own home or a chair (laughs) which was a scene cut out of I don't know why they cut it it was brilliant in the trailers I I really was hoping for it and did not see it but I mean just the fear that he instills with this gaslighting the manipulation of just Like he said in interviews where there wasn't anything added for the suit. It was just a bare set with her reacting. Yeah. And I I think that was just brilliant Um, to add to my love. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. It does probably feature one or two of the most great spontaneous, just holy shit scenes I think I've seen in (laughs) cinema in the last decade. Um, Just truly mouth dropped open. Like, I know we said spoilers, but I don't know if I want to spoil that moment in this just because it trumps the ending. Well, it's supposed to be people have seen it. That's so, true. So we should okay, be Okay, so when her sister gets killed in the cafe and that knife just pops out of the middle of nowhere, that throat slut, I was... I said slut. Yeah. Slashed. <laughs> I, throat slut. That's a different inversion of Invisible Man coming soon to Pornhub. Make sure y'all watch it. But I, I just couldn't. I was floored. Yeah. Be- because our guards were down, right? Yeah. She, she, like, she was reconnecting with her sister. It's in a public place, mm-hmm. well-lit, brilliant use mm-hmm. of letting your guard down in a safe space to, and then... to, trick, to trick viewers. Yeah. So brilliantly done. Like, slash me daddy. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, loved that. And then the, the other, I, I guess, like, cinematography aspect that I was so obsessed with is... Um, being a, a huge um, paranormal activity freak, I found myself constantly looking in every shadow just to see if something was slightly going to be tipped mm-hmm. over or anything like that. I was really expecting that they were going to use... A, I, I guess it's... Is it a trope or is it just a technique? Um, That's a tricky question. I, I guess kind that of both in a way. That would be a longer discussion. Way. But yeah, yeah, I, I guess feel both like it in is a way. both. But, but they didn't do that no. at, at all. Like, at all. And I mean... And I like that they didn't because it it built the anticipation even yeah, more. Yeah. It was one of the most encouraging, I think, remakes to come out. And I don't say that often. I, I see a ton of the remakes, you know, for forever. But... Truly, just one of the most encouraging to see that maybe there is something to these properties that can still be dug up. 
Um, he's already given hints that he's talking to Bloomhouse about doing more. There was a whole Dracula oh, potential conversation. Um, if they do it like this, then rock I mean, on. he'll, you know, there's a potential connection in there to um, the company Cobalt that uh, her abusive boyfriend um, is in charge of is the same company that does all the software work and upgrade. So, like, there's mm-hmm. this whole potential universe that he's neither confirming nor denying where all of this is taking place in. Mm. But if we could, because I know we're limited on time, I just want to jump to the ending. Yes. The last Let's three minutes of this movie. Um, the whole showdown at Adrian's house, um, the confrontation at the dinner table, and then just the one-upping at the end. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to stand and clap and cheer because this was the movie that we needed before quarantine of like strong females, strong writing, a strong male who understands women behind the camera and Mm -hmm. just her walk out holding the other suit in a black dress with heels and just owning it was... Watch out there. The only thing that could have made it more fabulous if is if she like burned the building down as she was like walking out the door, but they so, did, uh, they didn't even need it because she was fierce enough on her own. <laughs> she was, I mean, it's Elizabeth Moss. She has all the fire in her eyes. Like that's, it. yes, it's this intoxicating. Like I would watch her watch paint dry and act to it. Right. Um, it, but- and now, so that there's an important part in there that um, just in our last couple of minutes before we drop this mini episode, I want to address, which is this big debate among movie community, which is, do you believe Adrian? Or do you think Miss Liz was right in getting her, her closeout vengeance? I know that we both stand in the same place, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, right? Like, because I think we mm-hmm. we both believe that he was bullshitting, mm-hmm. and that and that he was behind it because of a very particular, very subtle kind of look that he gave at the table when she excused herself. And for me, it was also a key word that like rang through all of it. Um, like when she found the phone in the attic and she dumped the paint on him, which was the one where you screamed very loudly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, at the top of my lungs. You did. And then I looked at you and I was like, girl, it was in the trailer. Glasses probably broke. In the I definitely think some woman <laughs> spilled Chardonnay all over herself in that theater at that moment. Um, it wasn't me, to be clear. My glass was already empty and so were the three bottles I brought. But I, I think when he, like the use of the word surprise every time, compared to the brother and like the brother Mm -hmm. insinuating that he was always watching. So I, I definitely think it was a, he was too brilliant of a man. So he understood how to frame it the correct way because Mm -hmm. he was always like a step ahead of her until the end. And I, I believe he was guilty. Um, even if he wasn't just knowing all the abuse, watching his throat get slashed at the end was still great. Oh, please. Yeah. No, that that's exactly where I am. I'm like, I don't even care if you weren't doing anything for half the movie. Like, nope, girl, bye. You're canceled. I was like, this is great. <laughs> like, it was just, it was one of those where it was over. I was like, I need to watch this right away. I need to tell every person about it. This has to be on yeah. our podcast. Like, we just have to tell everyone we know to watch it. Um, <laughs> and that's literally we're like, let's just do a mini episode uh, where where, yeah. where we just fangirl about that's, the episode. We're just fangirling about Elizabeth Moss. You can do whatever you want. I don't think we even have any like critical feedback for it. There, or... I mean, thinking about the stories, I would like it to be a little longer. I, I guess. could have used a little more 
some of the logic in it when you start to think about it gets a little shaky but that's Fair. only if you kill yourself with trying to figure it out which is something that even as a critic I don't do because these movies aren't supposed to be like you know PhD essays yeah, they're supposed, supposed to, to do it. their job it's highlighting a new thing like it's taking the classic Invisible Man story and using it to front an actual real trauma that people face every day in secret and to your face like, it was very alarming because you could walk out of the theater and easily talk to someone and they could be going back to a life that's just like that because that's what's invisible. The abuse and the corruption that people hide is invisible. It's not the man in a suit. It's what really goes on behind closed doors. Yep. I, jeez, yeah. What the hell else are you going to say about that? Sorry. <laughs> no. She's getting deep and she only had half a glass of drink, so... And within 15 minutes, so I I'm impressed. Thank you. Yeah, so that is our mini review about The Invisible Man. So love it, hate it. Leave us feedback somewhere. Our, Find us on Twitter, at Queer for Fear. Yeah, Queer for... Well, no, that, that's our main Oh, our main okay, handle. yeah, yeah. At Queer for Fear. I don't run the Twitter. I only live tweet about Resident Evil and other obscene <laughs> things. Um, so get ready for a whole bunch of we're locked in quarantine. We have a lot of time on our hands, so get we ready. Have so much. So <laughs> gird your loins, people. We're coming in for you. All right. Till then, stay drink spooky. wine, stay happy. Bye. Special thanks to our producer, Phil. Phil Reese is a DJ and podcaster in DC. Visit his website, uh-huh. philipjreese.com, and subscribe to his podcast, movie. Whole Phil, wherever you get your podcasts.